Welcome to the I Paint Ideas podcast, the show that takes you behind the art and deep inside the creative process. I'm your host, Dao. I'm a visual artist and the founder of Dao Art Gallery. Today, I want to share with you my painting called The Multipotentialite. It's from my diary collection, five feet by four feet oil and canvas. And before I tell you all about it and for some context, let me tell you where you can actually see it. If you go to the gallery's website, dioart.com forward slash multi, M-U-L-T-I, you'll be able to see the painting. And I'll put the link into the show notes for you to link right to that page. Now, with that said, let me tell you the story. First of all, and in my defense, I was triggered, very badly triggered, actually. And this happened during COVID-19 lockdowns at the height of New York City being the hotspot, if you remember, at the very beginning of the pandemic here in the States. And my daughter and I drove down to Florida from New York. And as soon as we crossed the border, like as soon as we crossed the border, the state police pulled us over into COVID-19 checkpoint. And they were all like, where are you coming from? And we're like, New York. And because we're coming from the hotspot like that, we were ordered a mandatory quarantine in our house for 14 days, which is what we did. And that's where all hell broke loose because I spent entirely too much time on social media And that was my first mistake. So I was on Instagram scrolling through my feed and I came across this video. And the video was of a coach, a business coach, advising her client. And her client was a multi-passionate entrepreneur who needed help selecting a niche, which is probably the most common problem for multi-passionate entrepreneurs, almost a cliche. And the coach gave her the most commonly accepted advice that she possibly could, which is pick one thing to be your thing. Stick with it for a couple of years. And once you have that going, you can add whatever else you want to do, which is what everybody says to you if you're a multi-passionate, multi-talented entrepreneur. But it is the worst. And I mean, absolutely the worst thing that you can say to a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And just listening to her, watching this video was like nails on a chalkboard, but I couldn't stop watching it. It was like a train wreck. And I was yelling at my phone. Stop saying that to her. Don't give her that. That's a horrible advice. Don't listen to her. I was by myself, but I was yelling at my phone. I was yelling at both of them, the coach for giving advice and the client for taking the advice. And when I tell people this story, they always ask me, well, who posted the video? Who was the coach? And it doesn't really matter because all of them say the same thing. But I have to say what was breaking my heart and triggering me at the same time was to see the reaction on the client's face as she was absorbing what the coach was telling her and really taking it to heart. And the coach was really going through her spiel, like pick one thing, stick with it, blah, blah, blah. And the client was looking to her with so much hope, like here's a woman that will help me. And intellectually, I think she was really on board. She was probably saying to herself, I get it. I understand this. This is exactly what I need to hear today. This is brilliant. Why didn't I think of this earlier? I'm definitely going to do that. But emotionally, if you looked at her face emotionally, she was lost. And you could see that on her face. And I know that because I'm one of those multi-passionate entrepreneurs myself. And I know from my personal experience, what she's going through when she's trying to select that one thing out of many things that she wants to do and is good at. I consider myself a polymath with expertise in art, technology, business, and film. I went to school for math and computer science and cinematography. I worked for a very long time as an engineer. And then I wrote, directed, and produced stuff. And I did art since I was a little kid. And I also had my own business since 2006. So I call myself a polymath, but 
there are many different ways that people refer to us. Multipotentialite, multipassionate, multi-hyphenate, renaissance people, polymaths, generalists, scanners. There are like million terms that people use and use interchangeably, which is probably something I'm, I'm going to do during this episode as well, even though those terms don't exactly mean the same thing. But to get everyone on the same page, this is what Wikipedia says about multipotentiality, which is really the subject of my painting. Multipotentiality is an educational and psychological term referring to a person's ability and preference, particularly one of strong intellectual or artistic curiosity to excel in two or more different fields. So that's us. And I get it. I heard it all myself for years. I remember in particular one moment in a mastermind meeting sitting around this table with, I don't know, six or seven of my mastermind colleagues, and they were saying the same thing to me. I was pitching them three different ideas I was working on at the time. And they were all saying the same thing. You can't do everything. You got to pick one thing. But the way that they were saying it was pick a horse and ride it. You can't ride multiple horses. So therefore you got to pick one, which is the same thing. And I found myself in that meeting completely reduced to tears. And I remember I had to bite my lower lip not to cry in front of my, my colleagues. And truth be told, I didn't want to pick a freaking horse. I wanted to do everything like we all do. And I don't know why... This particular video, this time I got triggered because these days, first of all, nothing much can faze me. And over the years, I think I've heard everything aside from pick a horse and ride it or pick one thing to be your thing. People also said to me things like, what are you up to now? Rolling their eyes at me. Not meant as a compliment, right? Or people would say things like, why can you pick one thing to be your thing like a normal person? I am a normal person. Do you want me to be average? Like, why are you asking that? And then my very favorite was always, do you have an off switch? And the answer is no, I don't have an off switch. Thank you very much. So I don't know why this time was any different from any other times I've heard this, but I had enough. And it was the final straw. My cup ran over. I had to say something about it. And in my case, when that happens, I do it through art. Hence the painting, the multipotentialite. So I started thinking about, you know, why would people say things like that if if the advice is really not that helpful at all, which I think it isn't. And I'll try to explain myself on this episode. But I think in part, people say those things to us because we overvalue specialization in our society. We have a collective need to put every single person into a box And we also condition ourselves and our children from very early age to look to be specialists. We ask two, three, four-year-olds, what do you want to be when you grow up? We ask college students, what's your major? And when people get into the workforce, if they get really, really good at something, often they're not given other opportunities because they're so good at what they're doing. Nobody wants to let them go. So that's a lesson not to get good at small things, right? And we pay specialists more. So there's that. In some cases, of course, specialists are essential, like brain surgery. Other times going deep and narrow is not that helpful. Like in case of innovation, when you need to see different points of view, Uh, when you have to connect the dots, when you have to solve a new problem that you never faced before, create something that never existed before. I think it really helps to have a broader view. So I think there is a place for both being a specialist and being a generalist or a multi-passionate pursuing more than one talent at a time. I think we need both and both should be valued equally. 
But I also think there are several misconceptions and beliefs that contribute to how we treat multipotentialites because we overvalue specialization. The first is the belief that you can only be good at one thing at a time, single-threaded. If you do more than one thing, the belief is that you'll be mediocre at everything. But if you focus on just one thing, you'll be exceptional. And that's not true. We can, in fact, be exceptional at more than one thing at a time by definition, because you're multi-talented, right? And people would say, focus on one talent to pursue and be exceptional and provide a service in a business context that only you uniquely can offer. And to me, this is an oxymoron because in doing that, you're stripping yourself of your uniqueness as a multi-talented person and commoditizing yourself to be like everybody else. The second misconception is around how multi-passionate people work and operate. And I think this one is at the root cause of all of this misunderstanding. When people tell us to pick one thing and specialize, I think it presupposes that somehow if you're multi-talented, your talents exist in your brain or in your mind or wherever they live on separate, discrete, parallel tracks. And somehow you can just turn them on and off at will and for any duration of time. I hate to tell you, that's really not how it works. So if I'm polymath, let's say in art, engineering, and storytelling, the shared understanding is that when I look at something or react to something, I'm looking at it from three different perspectives sequentially, and I'm switching the proverbial hats. So I'm going to do it first as an artist and then as an engineer and then as a storyteller. And then I'm somehow going to keep my thoughts separate in different buckets. And then when I turn the artistic talent on, the creative talent to focus on, I can turn off everything else. It doesn't work like that. When I look at something, when I react to the world as a polymath, I look at it as an artist slash engineer slash storyteller. And that happens simultaneously. It's, it's not separate. It's integrated. It's more like being in a quantum superposition and being in multiple states at the same time. Or it's like um, living in a cubist painting where you can see multitudes of different viewpoints all at the same time. It's all happening at the same time. It's not sequential. And I think forcing this specialist approach on somebody who is not wired that way is imposing this linear thinking on a non-linear thinker. It's just not compatible. The more I thought about it when I was making the painting, the more I came to a conclusion that being multi-talented is like working off of integrated circuit. It's all these talents and interests and expertise and everything is an integrated circuit. And if you try to pluck one component out of it, like everybody suggests that we should do, pick one talent and stick with it for a couple of years, you're really breaking that circuit. And the more you try to do it, the more you will break it. And that's the moment that I wanted to capture in my painting, that moment of truth when she realizes she's in a no-win situation. And I say her because in the painting, it's a female figure. And the situation that she finds herself in is that on one hand, if she continues on the path of selecting one talent to focus on, she runs a risk of remaining broken because she's trying to plug that one component out of an integrated circuit, like I just talked about. And at that moment... The way that she sees herself is like looking in a broken mirror and seeing different parts of herself reflected back in shards of glass, in shards of that broken mirror. And the pieces don't quite connect because there is a hard fracture in the mirror. It's broken and there is space between the fragments. And regardless of how small those spaces are, the pieces will never touch. It will never be a whole again. And so if she continues on this path, she will remain broken. On the other hand, 
if she abandons searching for that one thing to focus on and try to find a way to integrate herself and all of her talents into a unique expression of her and then present that to the world runs another risk for her, which is not fitting in anywhere. So on one hand, she'll remain broken. On the other hand, she won't fit in. So it's a really no-win situation for her. And what you see in the painting is her stuck at this moment. You see her sitting there. She's very emotional. She's frustrated. She's depressed. There are many blues and many different colors to symbolize these emotions. And it's very turbulent, which is her state of mind. She's also nude representing her vulnerability. And she's hunched over. She's looking down. Her forehead is on her forearm. She's feeling frustrated more than anything because as smart and as talented as she is, she cannot figure out which way to go. And in the painting, you can also see shards of mirror reflecting pieces of her. You can see, for example, the yellow of her elbow reflected in different places. You can see her legs echoing. You can see the shards of glass going to her back to symbolize the pain that she's going through and suggest that she doesn't really know what's hurting her because it's behind her. She can't see it. She doesn't know what the real problem is. And that's the moment that I wanted to capture in the painting and then pose a question, a follow-up question of where does she go from here? And I feel that that's the same moment that I saw that client in the video be stuck at. So that inspired me to make the painting in the first place. And then once I made it, I had to ask the question, where do we go from here? How do we integrate ourselves and bring all parts of us forward in a way that one, makes us happy and two, in a way that the world will understand because we don't live in a vacuum. We need to interact with other people. And I think the sad part for me is that everybody comes with the best of intentions, whether they're well-meaning family members and friends or business coaches or mastermind colleagues, everybody wants to do the right thing. They want to help. And I think we receiving the the advice, we really do want to follow through and focus on something for a while. And even if we do that, even if we follow through and pick one thing to be our thing, what we'll find is that we're missing something because we are. We're leaving, you know, bigger percentage of us behind than what we're taking with us. So then we keep questioning ourselves. Was this the right decision? Should I have gone with something else? And then, of course, when you do that for a while and realize it's not really working, then you switch to something else. And then, of course, that's not going to work because it's the same problem. And then we start believing that we're actually broken. Now, for people looking from the outside in, what they're seeing is somebody who is flaky, somebody who changes their mind all the time, who can't stay on tasks, somebody who is easily distracted, who is not focused. And that's another pet peeve of mine, which is that this whole discussion about selecting a niche, being multi-passionate, choosing one thing starts with focusing marketing and branding in a business context. And everybody latches onto this word focus. The truth is that it has nothing to do with focus. We have plenty of focus. This has everything to do with integration. How do we integrate all of the beautiful talents that we have that we're good at in a way that the world understands? So it's not about focus. It's about integration. Completely different questions separated by time and space. I don't really have a problem with focusing on marketing to be successful and more effective in your business or narrowing a niche in that sense. It does make it easier. 
to find your audience, to find the right words to connect with them. The problem that I have is the approach of how do we get somebody who is good at more than one thing, exceptional at more than one thing, to find their way to be able to focus their marketing. I think that's really the issue. So how do we close that gap? And the other thing that pisses me off to know and sometimes is that everybody just says, pick one thing, pick a horse and ride it, pick one thing to be your thing or whatever. And then they just leave you to your own devices, not realizing that they just put you in a hole. And the more you try to follow through, like I explained earlier, the deeper the hole gets and the more challenging it is to climb out of it. Meanwhile, nobody really understands or realizes the unintended consequences of all of this and the fact that we're uniquely unqualified to rescue ourselves and dig ourselves out of that hole. So I was looking at my painting when it was done and I was thinking about how I cannot leave my character in the painting, my multipotentialite figure frozen at that moment and stuck in the painting. And in my imagination, I wanted to grab her by the hand and put my arm around her and put a blanket around her so she's not cold. And I wanted to offer her a different path, one that uses her strengths to her advantage and doesn't try to break her. So in true polymath fashion, I wrote... The Multipotentialite Guide. It's a simple guide for multi-passionate entrepreneurs to pick a niche by integrating all their skills, talents, passions, interests without compromising. Because while I was going through making the painting, I was able to distill what I did for myself, which made me figure out my niche as a polymath and then codified it into this guide. And then I named it after the painting because the painting inspired it. If you want to download it, you can go to multipassionatelife.com. It's completely free. And if you need it, just download it from there. And I'll add the link to show notes so you can easily find it. I felt that after I've complained about it so much, I had to offer a solution from a slightly different angle. I created the guide and then I recorded the second part of this podcast episode, Multipotentialite Part 2, to provide instructions on how to use the guide. And as I said, the guide is free. Listening to podcasts is free. There's no pitch. And you can download the guide at multipassionatelife.com. So I invite you to listen to Part 2, especially if you're a multipassionate entrepreneur who needs help selecting a niche and narrowing down what you want to focus on without compromising. Just download the guide, listen to part two, do the work. And I think very quickly, you'll be able to integrate your talents and your skills and your expertise into something that you'd love and something your marketing team may like as well. And of course, as always, feel free to share. Again, this is absolutely free because I'm tired of these people giving bad advice out there and and making people run circles for sometimes days, weeks, years. I need to be the defender of the Renaissance people here. And you know what's really funny about this is that how this whole thing came together from that Instagram video, a random feed video inspired this piece of art. And again, if you haven't seen the artwork yet, you can go see it at diyart.com forward slash multi, M-U-L-T-I. Make sure you check it out. But from that piece of art came out this new way of solving a particular problem and each inspired the other. So it's really interesting and exciting continuation of the creative process that never stops. And with that said, I'm going back into the studio to make something else and I'll share it with you as soon as it's ready. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. If you like this episode, subscribe to my podcast and leave a review and I'll see you in the next episode very, very soon. Stay safe out there.